But did you know that Mary and Joseph traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem for Jesus to be born? And did you know that's 90 miles? And she was in the very last days of her third trimester. Think of it. And that thing about the donkey and her being on it, that's just an illustration that somebody painted or drew because scholars think they really walked. Can you imagine in your third trimester about to give birth, walking 90 miles to go pay taxes? Amen. And then the Magi traveled over 900 miles each way to come from Babylon to worship Christ. Now, scholars say that could have taken up to six months each way. And really celebrating Christ takes time, doesn't it? It's not something you want to rush through. It's so wonderful that when you get in his presence, you just don't want to hurry. And I know that holidays are extremely busy. And so I want to thank you in advance because it is so easy to get caught up in the flood of activities. It's like boats being swept away by the current of a river and uh, you just, you get caught up in the stream of people going in and out of grocery stores and the flow of traffic and bumper to bumper and malls. And this is a very busy time and it's so easy to forget what Christmas is truly all about. But there's a clue into its extraordinary meaning in the text that I'm going to read. And um, I hope that you'll be able to celebrate with us tomorrow evening. Somebody tell me what time that is. Thank you. Oh my goodness, you listen. And I appreciate it. I, I read some of these verses last week, but then preached about something different. I talked about what earth received in the Advent season. Now I'm gonna go back to some of the same verses But I'll begin in Isaiah because that's where one of those verses is actually first given to us. It's Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And Matthew 1, verse 22 through 23. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they they shall call his name Emmanuel. And then Matthew does something that, that Isaiah did not do. He adds this, which is translated God with us. He feels like it's important that everybody get on the same page. And know what Emmanuel means. And I want to speak this morning from this subject for a few minutes. Call him Emmanuel. Call him Emmanuel. Father, I want to thank you for the extraordinary gift of Christmas. I want to thank you that Christ came into the world. I thank you for the gift of our Lord Jesus Christ who became one of us. May we focus with clarity and with gratitude upon this unbelievably impactful event and the significance that it has in every life. And may that meaning not be lost to a single person. 
in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted and said, Amen. Amen. Call him Emmanuel. These texts of scripture are actually extraordinary. And what they mean is what makes these verses so fascinating. Emmanuel, God with us. Are you kidding me? Like, wow, God with us? Normally, when a child is born, parents put a lot of thought into the name they're going to give their child. But this one, God provided himself. He didn't leave it up to Mary and Joseph. said, I'm naming this one. Because there's something about the one that is being born so significant, so amazing, that no ordinary name is going to be able to capture that. You can't call him Luke or John or Joe. No, uh uh-uh. Those names won't work. He's going to be called Emmanuel, God with us. I'm profoundly impacted at the very deepest levels of my being that Emmanuel is actually more than just a name, isn't it? It's more than just a name. God with us is a reality. Each year at this season, the world gets all caught up and we know that it's impossible to keep from this from happening unless you're Ebenezer Scrooge, right? You just get caught up in the excitement of the season and, and, and before you realize it, the commercialization, the exploitation of Christmas, you know, you, you forget what the real purpose of Christmas actually is. As believers, we always struggle to look beyond the lights and the trees and the ornaments and, and the gifts in gaily colored wrapping paper to what Christmas is supposed to be about. And each year, truthfully, so many demands are made on our time because of travel and, and because of gifts that need to be bought and, and cooking and entertaining friends or relatives. It's really easy to lose track of the meaning of Christmas. In this particular Christmas season, I have been drawn back repeatedly in my own devotions to the promise that is found in the verses that I read. God became one of us. Think about it. God became one of us. Anybody remember years ago, there used to be a song, what if God became one of us? Just a slob like one of us. He didn't become a slob. But he became one of us. It really did happen. God was with us. And we on earth were allowed to behold him. And what we saw was amazing. Because we didn't see judgment. We didn't see condemnation. We didn't see anger. We didn't see hopelessness or despair. Arrogance or indifference. We saw God with us and God is love. And that's incredible news. And when we hear these words about Emmanuel spoken by the prophet Isaiah and then echoed by the angel to Joseph, we turn our attention to the manger in Bethlehem and we see who is lying there. And babies are just automatically wonderful, aren't they? And we rejoice with each one that is born as our families grow. But 
trust me when I tell you this baby was different. In this child, man was given the opportunity to literally see God. One of my favorite Christmas songs is the one by Mark Lowry. Mary, did you know that your baby boy? And then he went on to cite some of the things that only God can do. In this lonely world that we live in, and it is a lonely world, right? It is increasingly more so according to all of the statistics. In spite of us being better connected than ever before in all kind of media platforms and everything else. Did you know that moving beyond superficiality and relationships is one of the the keys to, to happiness and fulfillment that many people never discover? Brenda Stratton, Dr. Brenda Stratton used to be a member of our staff. She's here in town. We visited this week and again this morning and she was in the first service. I thank God for those who have served with us during the years and she moved on into missions work and, and just, but a great lady. And we were talking about the effect of these smart devices. I literally had just listened a couple of weeks ago to a lecture by a psychologist A well-known psychologist. And the title of the lecture was Smartphones or Smart Kids. (laughs) And some of you are really quiet right now. Because you know what you got your kid under the Christmas tree. Sorry, not guilt tripping you at all. But the thesis was you can't have both. And I know, I know. It's kind of like that river that I just talked about. You get in the flow of it. And before you realize it, you have to because... You don't want to be your child to be the only one looked at like they're weird. They're, their kid can't have a phone. But what that has done is created so much superficiality in relationships that children are suffering and depression is through the roof. It really is through the roof and it's tragic. And we don't want that to happen to our, our kids. And the only way... For you not to suffer that. And it's compounded by the way at the holiday season. For those who have lost a loved one. Oh man. This can be tough. But the only way for you to avoid that. Is to go beyond superficial relationships. The you know I like your photo kind of thing. I'm following you. I friended you. You know that, that kind of a deal. To go beyond that. To learn who is the person that you're connecting with. Because that's one of the great joys in life. And to be able to connect, you've got to go beyond. Hey, my name is Rich. How are you? Pleased to meet you. And then moving on. You have to go deeper than a handshake. And it's getting to discover who people are in a meaningful way. That fills your own life with happiness. And the reason for that is actually quite simple. It's that people are not simple. They're extraordinarily complex and multifaceted and comprised of many different depths of meaning and personality and value. And this is what makes every single person in this room unique. Not the fact you've got different fingerprints. It's deeper than that. You can't get to really know somebody by just saying, hi, my name is Rich. How are you? It's a start and you ought to at least go that far because I promise you it's worth doing it. But if people 
or multidimensional beings, how much more is that true of the one lying in this manger? Because what we see is the man part of him, the flesh. But he's more than that. And the key to understanding Christmas is getting to know Jesus and know who he is. And that is why the scriptures take the time to carefully explain that he is, unlike any other child ever born, he is Emmanuel. The one Isaiah prophesied would come. The one who foretold his birth 700 years earlier. So who is this one? They call Emmanuel, God with us, the incarnate God. And what I love about serving him is the longer you serve him, the more you learn about him. Oh, that's amazing. And this journey that we're on, you don't have to rewalk the same path Every three months all over again. It's a continuing journey to new dimensions of discovery in God. And when you look into the Bible, you find that on every page, in every chapter, there is another glimpse of who he is that is extraordinary. Can somebody in the building say amen? Oh, bless his name. And so... All of these years later, after you serve God, you should know a lot more about him. And I say that to people who might recently have begun their journey. You might be new in the faith. Hang in there. As wonderful as he is right now, he gets better as the days go by. Amen. Your relationship with him will become more precious and impactful the longer you live for him. Oh, I realize not everybody, because some folk will say, I've served God 40 years, and I've got 40 years of experience, and they don't. They've got one year of experience 40 times over. But if you take the time to dig into this, I promise you it'll blow your mind. It will set you on fire. It will revolutionize your life. It will brighten your outlook. It will put joy in your heart and a spring in your step. Can somebody in the building say amen? And so serving him is a continual process of discovery. The sacred name Yahweh is so sacred they wouldn't even pronounce it. So sacred that when they write it, they leave the vowels out of it. The sacred name of God called the Tetragrammaton is found in the Hebrew Bible or the Tanakh 6,828 times. Amen. In an earlier translation of the Bible, there are another 142 places where it has been replaced with the word Adonai. The shorter form, Yah, is found 50 times and the Greek form is found four times. And the use of other words in combination with the name Yah, for example, as in the name Jehovah, is found another 156 times. That means that in the sacred writ, the holy name of our Lord is used a total of 7,183 times. Can somebody say bless his name? And his name is so holy, this name that I just mentioned, 
that when the translators would come to it, they wouldn't even translate it till they went first, took off their clothes, washed from head to foot, washed the pen that they were going to use, put their clothes back on and went and sat down. And then, and only then would they translate the name. That's the name that I'm talking about. Hallelujah. But can I tell you that that's only one name? There are at least 967 other names and titles for God that are mentioned in the Bible. And that's who was born and placed in a manger. Emmanuel. Oh, somebody in the building ought to give God some praise. Each book of the Bible allows us to explore his nature more fully. Each chapter gives us more insight. And so the question becomes, who is Emmanuel? Who is Emmanuel? God said it with emphatic declaration, a command, call him Emmanuel. So who is he? In the Old Testament, when you read the Bible, you will find that we see through a glass darkly. And we see Christ revealed, but we see him in prophecies, types, shadows, metaphors, similes, allegories, and emblems. In Genesis, he was the prophesied seed of the woman who would come and crush the head of the serpent. In Exodus, Jesus is the Passover lamb. I'm talking now about who Emmanuel is. He's the Passover lamb who also parts the waters of the sea to make a way for us. In Leviticus, he is the high priest who makes atonement. In Numbers, he is the living water and the heavenly bread that comes down from heaven to give us life in the middle of the desert. In Deuteronomy, Jesus is the one to come who is greater than Moses. Can I hear somebody say amen? In Joshua, our Lord is the commander of angel armies. In the book of Judges, he is the true judge who delivers us from evil. In Ruth, he is our kinsman redeemer. In 1 Samuel, he is the true king of Israel. In 2 Samuel... He is the heavenly son of David. In 1 Kings, Jesus is the one who will build us into a house for his name. In 2 Kings, Christ is the cause of divine reversal who brings plenty in the time of famine to those that are hungry. In 1 Chronicles, he is the origin and beginning of every man's story. In 2 Chronicles, he is the cloud that fills the temple so the priest cannot minister. I'm beginning to feel my anointing kicking in in this place. Can somebody say, bless his name? In Ezra, he is the restorer of the law. In Nehemiah, the rebuilder of the walls that are broken down. In Esther, he is the advocate who stands between us and wicked Haman. In Job, he is the mediator between God and man. I'm talking about Emmanuel. I'm talking about the baby, God with us. Hello, somebody. In Psalms, he is the Lord, our shepherd. 
In Proverbs, Christ is the wisdom of the ages. In Ecclesiastes, he's the true meaning of life. In the Song of Songs, he is the lover of my soul. The rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. I'm sorry, I'm feeling something moving in this house right now. Hallelujah. 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 In Isaiah, he is the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. The suffering servant who was wounded for my transgressions and bruised for my iniquities. In Jeremiah, he's fire shut up in my bones. In Lamentations, he is the one who receives the wrath of God on our behalf. In Ezekiel, he is the wind that brings an army to life in a valley of dry bones. In Daniel, he is the fourth man walking around with me in the middle of the fire. Somebody ought to praise him. If you're waiting for me to preach a long sermon, I'm almost done. I'm talking about Jesus. The one born in Bethlehem's manger. I'm talking about Christ. Emmanuel. Hallelujah. In Hosea, he is the faithful husband. In Joel, he is the one who restores all the enemy devoured and destroyed. In Amos, he is the Lord of the harvest. Who overtakes the reapers because the harvest is so great. In Obadiah, Christ is the judge of those who oppose us. In Jonah, he is the one, hallelujah, who brings undeserved mercy when we deserved punishment. In Micah, he cast our sins into the depths of the sea of forgetfulness. In Nahum... Jesus is the proclaimer of a world filled with peace. In Abaca, he is the one who crushes injustice. In Zephaniah, he is the warrior mighty to save. Is there anybody that needs a warrior to show up on your behalf? Anybody that needs Jesus? In Haggai, he is the one who restores our worship. In Zechariah, our Lord is the pierced Messiah. Who was wounded in the house of his friends. But in Malachi, he's the son of righteousness. Who arises with healing in his wings. And God said, that's what I want you to name him. I want you to name him God with us. Because all of that is summarized in that name. Does anybody know him? Does anybody know who I'm talking about? Has anybody met my Jesus? Does anybody realize it's the Lord's birthday? Is there anybody that wants to praise him? Is there anybody that wants to party like it's? In the Old Testament, he's concealed. But in the New Testament, we see him in even greater ways. I turn to the New Testament. And if my mind was blown in the Old Testament, 
You're going to have to let me sit down when I read the New Testament. But even then, my feet are not going to keep still. Because there's something about finding out who I'm serving. Discovering the depths of his identity. The one whose birthday I'm celebrating. Hold your peace, they told Bartimaeus. Sorry, but I can't. There are times when you can't shut up. There's times when you just got to let it all out. There's times when you got to say what you feel. In the New Testament, he reveals himself even more. For in Matthew, he's the pearl of great price. In Mark, he's the one who feeds the multitudes. In Luke, he is the son of man. In John, he's the son of God. In Acts, he is the resurrected and ascended Savior. In Romans, he is my justification. In 1 Corinthians, he is the resurrection that's going to cause me to come up out of the grave on resurrection morning. In 2 Corinthians, he is our comfort. In Galatians, he is our liberty and the one who sets us free. In Ephesians, he's the head of the church. Is there anybody in the church that would like to take a moment and just give the head of the church? Emmanuel? Come on, is there anybody that'd like to give him some worship? Give him some praise? Oh, but that's not all. In Philippians, he is my joy. In Colossians, he's the one who completes and makes up what I lack. In 1 Thessalonians, he is the Lord who will descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel. In 2 Thessalonians, he is the Lord of peace. In 1 Timothy, he is the blessed and only potentate who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light. In 2 Timothy, he is the one who is faithful, who cannot deny himself. I just feel like we need to take a praise break. Come on, somebody give him some praise. I feel this Christmas is special Because I know who he is. I know who he is. In Titus, he is the blessed hope. In Philemon, he is our heavenly benefactor. In Hebrews, he is my perfection. In James, he's the power behind my faith. In 1 Peter, he's the chief cornerstone, elect and precious. In 2 Peter, the one who will remain after the heavens are dissolved and melt with a fervent heat. In 1 John, he is love. In 2 John, he is the son of the father in truth and love. In 3 John, he is the truth who gives us a good testimony. In Jude... Are you ready? He is the foundation of our faith who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. 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 Come on and give God some praise in this house. And in Revelation... He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
and he's coming back for his church. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm done. This is who Emmanuel is. So when they say call his name Emmanuel, God with us, I want you to know who they're talking about. Mary's baby is not a baby anymore. He has conquered death, hell, and the grave. He has ascended up. He is both the high priest that offers the sacrifice. And he is the sacrifice. Mystery of mysteries. And now, I know you're not going to remember all that. And so when you go to worship and you go to pray, you're not going to think of all of those things that I just mentioned. But that's okay. Would you stand with me across the building? Because you see, I got one more for you. All you have to do is say the name Jesus. And you've said it all. Could somebody shout Jesus in this house? Jesus, when you said Jesus, you've said everything. He is whatever you need. (laughs) I noticed on a news app this week, it popped up. There's a singer who's going on. He's passed away. And he was part of a group many years ago called Wham, if y'all remember the name. And they released a song about this Christmas, or last Christmas I gave you my heart and the very next day you gave it away or something like that. Makes you want to cry. Oh my God, I hate Christmas. It's coming around. Reminds me my heart is broken. Let me tell you who will never do that to you. It's the one I'm preaching about this morning. He won't throw you out. He won't reject you. He'll love you all the way through to the end. And then he's going to come back and take you to be where he is forever. Jesus. There's just something about that name. Every head is bowed. And if you're here today and you don't know the Lord and you need him as your savior... I can't think of a better day for you to say, I want Christ to be my Savior than the Christmas weekend services. And this is Christmas Eve. So would you slip up your hand right where you are and say, pray for me, Pastor. That's me. I need the Lord. God bless you. Keep raising them. God bless you. God bless you. Keep raising them. God bless you. Risers, I see you. God bless you. God bless you, young man. God bless you, dear lady. Keep raising them all over the building. Takes me a while. God bless you and you and you. God bless you. God bless you. And they're going to put some things up on the screen behind me in a moment that will tell you next steps. And um, three things you need to do. Number one, get baptized in water to obey the commands of the Lord. The wonderful name of our Savior. Follow his example. Number two, be filled with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit so that you may live the Spirit-empowered life. And number three, become a member of a Bible-believing church 
and grow in your relationship with God in fellowship and in community. And we offer that here. And so you can contact us through the QR code or the number. We'd be happy to help you. But I want to pray with you. Every head is bowed. Father, I pray for every precious soul in this building who needs you. I want to thank you for the gift of your son. I want to thank you. I'm so profoundly moved that you would love us enough to give your only begotten son that we could be redeemed. I want to thank you for the saving name of Jesus Christ, that there's hope in that name. And I want to welcome every person who is asking you to come into their heart right now. And I want you to save them and write their name in the book of life. And we ask it in Jesus' name.